welcome back to another episode of After Sunday, an NLCC podcast with Matthew Price and Corey Halstead. Uh, Matthew, it's good to see you here on uh, Zoom once again. I've, I feel like this is the main way we're seeing it. Well, actually, I do see you on Wednesdays and Sundays too, but we see a lot of each other on the computer screen these days. I feel like I don't see you enough. Oh, Really? Yeah. I bet you say that to all the guys. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, just and kidding. Like, it's, who? who <laughs> it's joking. I was just going to say it's a beautiful Monday morning. Um, it's still yeah. sunny. So I don't know if when people listen to this, it's going to be like the downpour, rainy week ahead, but it's beautiful and sunny right now. Yeah, I know. So good. I love, I love BC sunny weather. Uh, okay, so we are going to be looking today at, um, we're going to be talking about yesterday's sermon, um, Exodus uh, 14. And yep. um, But before we do that, I thought it would be great just to, you know, in our usual, you know, disarming kind of banter off the top here. Uh, <laughs> Matthew, what are, you, what are you watching these days? You guys must be watching Netflix or Prime or I don't know what you're watching there. You got any good shows to recommend for, for people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I've seen a couple really interesting shows. Um, so I, a few, a couple weeks ago, or two or three weeks ago, I finished um, a Netflix series called uh, The Devil Next Door, um, which oh, yeah. is just this, it's a documentary. And if anyone loves documentaries, you might be interested in, in watching this. It's, it's about this Ukrainian guy that they found in Ohio. Uh, the U.S. government found him in Ohio in the 1980s. And... Mm. Um, and he it was convicted of being like a, a, a war criminal, like because he he may have. And the question the documentary is asking is, was he actually um, a soldier at Treblinka um, hmm. during World War Two, um, helping with the Holocaust? And so it's this fascinating journey of like trying to figure out if this guy's guilty or not. And honestly, like huh. for five, I'm watching the do- documentary like for five minutes, I'm like, he's he's guilty. This guy totally. Right. He was, he was at Treblinka. And then the next five minutes, I'm like, he's completely innocent. And like, this is unjust, huh. everything that's happening to him. And it was, I thought it was a really well done documentary. So I will not spoil the end, but he does actually get sent to um, uh, Israel to, to be on trial in Israel. And it's a whole story of, of like, basically they say it was like the, basically the biggest court case of like the decade, I guess, in Jerusalem. Um, wow in the eighties or early nineties or whenever it was. But anyway, it was, just, it was an awesome, it was an amazing uh, documentary. Very well done. Um, so cool. It's the devil next door, the devil next door. Yeah. 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 Um, really good. And I just two nights ago started a different documentary and it's called the last dance. And if there's any Chicago bulls fans out there, any, any other kid who grew up in the nineties, oh, yeah, I heard about this. <laughs> it's yeah. Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan. It is, it is so cool. Like I'm so excited. So they're going to release these every two weeks. They're going to release, um, a couple episodes, but I, I watched the first half of the first one and I'm already hooked. Um, cause <laughs> these were like my heroes. Like as a kid, I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. like our family came back from Columbia in 1992 and then for the next um, uh, six years, I, you know, was in middle school, high school. And from 92 to 98, like that was like, you know, I, I guess they won their first championship in 91, I think. Um, the Bulls did. But man, the Chicago Bulls were like my heroes. So it's just so fun mm. looking at what, you know, Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr yeah, and Dennis yeah. Rodman. And anyway, it's it's Dennis it's fun. Rodman. So we'll see. Um, we'll see where it goes. We'll see if it's any good. So. I apologize to everyone if it's if it's like the worst documentary ever. Um, it turns <laughs> exactly. out to be the worst thing ever. So, uh, but it's called The Last Dance, I think. 
Yeah. I just remember Dennis Rodman being such a crazy character. Like his. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know what he's doing now, but I just remember him being. And he was on The Apprentice there with, uh, with what's his name again? What's the. Uh, president of the united states oh <laughs> donald trump that's what it is yeah he's <laughs> anyways um uh yeah yeah that's wild i do remember that too from a distance i was never a basketball fan growing up so i didn't yeah. but i remember michael jordan of course everyone knew michael jordan so yeah hey so can i tell you a crazy dennis rodman story <laughs> please okay so dennis rodman played college basketball at the same college uh uh that my grandfather did and my no grand way. my grandfather played basketball at that school. So like, you know, whatever it was, 50 years later, Dennis Rodman right. played. <laughs> and uh and my grandpa told me that he was just like, "Hey, you want to hear this news about Dennis Rodman?" He's like, "All the all the basketball, the alma mater, or you know, all those a part of the alumni are trying to trying to like remove him from our list." <laughs> No way. Because it's a tiny that's... little, you know, it's a college in Oklahoma. And they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. just devastated that Dennis Rodman is like <laughs> the, the guy. For, anyway, so I thought that was funny. My grandpa was like, um, I don't know if he was part of it or if he agreed. But anyway, he told me right, like they're right, trying yeah, to get him yeah. off the list. <laughs> totally. Yeah. He is so funny. Well, he, yeah, yeah. he's an interesting person. Um, what are you watching? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So we are... You know, right now it's funny we because we we kind of go back and forth with with different shows. But um, right now we've been enjoying Madam Secretary. It's kind of funny because it's like um, it's not you know whatever I, I enjoy. It. It's not like a, there's I feel like some television shows are like really awesome where it's just like man, there's great writing and believable characters. And this is maybe not quite at that level, but it's but it's really it's fun watching and it's like it's interesting and it's engaging. It's all about you know this this woman who's the Secretary of State and she's all these situations come up and she's tackling them and she's got the world's greatest husband. Um, I always roll my eyes in those moments because I'm like, Sherry, that guy doesn't exist. Let's just be super clear. Like, like seriously, he really doesn't exist. There's no way. Anyways. I love the moment when the husband has to like look over and just remind the wife like, okay, no, like no husband is like this good. There's no way. Yeah. He doesn't, those, those three sets of gifts, like, like they don't exist in one person for sure. Anyways, um, so it's funny, but it's good. It's it's really fun watching, and it's um, it's like five or six seasons. So we're we're just in the second season. The other one that I just I just watched on Netflix that I really enjoyed was um, Inside the Mind of Bill Gates. Um, it's like a little docu series. It's like loved a, it. a three. Did you watch it? Yeah, Watched yeah. It. I really loved liked it. it. What an inspiring guy. Yeah. Hey? Like I just like man. I feel like I said this to someone. I say I almost think that. Well, you won't like this. This is not literal. I almost feel like Bill Gates is a Christian who doesn't quite know it yet. Anyways, I know. Oh boy. I know. Uh, there, uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. But he's just man, like what a great, what a great guy, and and I love the fact that he is doing, just he's just using, I think, what he has, right? He's he's um, using his gifts in such great ways, right, to help the world and to do good things and to pursue, yeah, things that actually really, really matter, right? Yeah, yeah. Tony so and I good. were just like, we were just so inspired by how he's using his time and his money and. You know, I mean, I guess we could all roll our eyes. It's like, well, if we had that amount of money, we'd hope someone would be using it this way. But I guess right. he technically doesn't have to do it this way. No, he. I think we see a lot of people that are in his, you know, not in the same bracket, but that aren't right in the same way. And he's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think I've I've read that he um he doesn't want to leave his kids. Like he's he's kind of like not interested in leaving a ton of his wealth to his kids. Like he actually is like, I don't think it's necessarily the best idea. Oh, like, I'm sure. I know exactly. I'm like, they probably will only get 10, 15 million. Right. So, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways, either way, I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's a, uh, it's a great series. It's really interesting oh, to, totally. to see the stuff he's working on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool, man. 
Okay, so um, we are wanting to do this podcast just to kind of follow up with with the the previous Sunday, and uh, and uh, and inevitably there's things that like didn't fit into the sermon and things that that I wanted to say a little bit more uh, about. And so thank you so much for 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 listening in. And I want to just chat through about five different quick things and wanted to just think a little bit deeper about uh, a few of the categories that we that we discuss and I'm going to just kind of talk about a couple new new things as well but um, we're in the exodus you know trying to explore um, what it means to follow God in this in-between place and hopefully it's still connecting with people like kind of during the pandemic feeling like we're in this in-between place but also just connecting with that wider in-between place uh, you know between the empty tomb and new creation we're in this yeah, in this in-between place. So uh, mm, wanting cool. to be faithful to him and following God, uh, being good apprentices of Jesus in this time. So um, so hopefully, again, I hope the series uh, really um, resonates with people, but um, but I've been really enjoying the book of Exodus and getting to read up on all kinds of stuff. So, so one of the areas that I read up a lot about this last week, but I just didn't fit it into the sermon, and I just wanted to talk about God's name. So the first thing I was going to say was just uh, in, in Exodus 3, uh, we hear this in verses 13 and 14. Oh, by the way, you know, so Moses is in front of a burning bush, and this is what happens. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And based on these couple of verses, uh, we get the name Yahweh, Yahweh. And Yahweh is most likely based on, it's actually a little bit tricky when you look at the Hebrew, um, but it's, it's most likely based on the Hebrew verb to, to be, right? Or I am. Hmm. And so, um, like if you just look up to, to be or I am, it's not technically Yahweh, but Yahweh is kind of based on that, on that verb, that Hebrew verb. And what I love about this is that God gives a personal name. So Yahweh is his personal name. So I just want to tell everyone, like when you're reading the book of Exodus and you see Lord, most of your Bibles will translate Lord with a capital L at least, but but probably capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Um, hmm. Right. That was a weird way to say that. I didn't need to say capital, capital, capital. Anyway, my apologies. Oh. Is there any, could you just, could you maybe say it in a different way? <laughs> Say it in a better way. <laughs> yeah, anyway, if you don't mind. So if they're all capitalized, L-O-R-D, right. um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's Yahweh. And what I love about this is that God is distinguishing his character uh, from the characters of the other quote-unquote gods out there. Now, mm, right. I don't know how we all think about this. I mean, are these all kind of, so they're all lowercase g gods. You know, and, right. and some Christians would say, well, there's there's no such thing as another god, which we would say, correct in terms of authority or supremacy or, you know, no one else created the world, but there are like in, in the spiritual realm, um, in the biblical worldview, there, there are those spirits that do have powers, um, lowercase G gods. Right. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. some might want to put them in the category of the demonic or, um, Mm -hmm. the powers and principalities or whatever. But, but, but I love it that God distinguishes himself. Like, he is Yahweh. He's not Moloch. He's Yahweh. He's not Baal. He's Yahweh and he's not Ray, right? Mm. Um, and so he's distinguishing his character from other gods. And I think that's important. Like when we use the generic term God today, um, 
a lot of people would just kind of say, oh, I know about God. And it's like, well, do you? Because actually his name, Yahweh, comes with a set of, of, of um, characteristics. Like there's something true about who Yahweh is, which mm. is very different from other gods. So I think it's important to talk about the character of God with people. Um, and I just want to say one other thing is that it's just brilliant. And, and maybe most people listening to this know this, but Jesus in John 8, 58, mm. uh, says, before Abraham was born, I am. Right. And, right. and in Greek, that's ego eimi, which is, it, it, it's this, it's, it's the word for, for God. It's Yahweh, right? It's, it's mm. I am. And so, and, and this caused such a disruption, you know, when, when people heard it, um, before Abraham was born, I am right. And so Jesus is using, uh, God's name for himself here, mm. alluding to it. Right. And so anyway, I find that I found that whole thing really fascinating and I couldn't really fit it into the sermon, but I wanted to share it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's super. That's I love that. Um, and I remember uh, again, it's been a long time since I've I've studied this in depth. But in when I was in Bible college, we looked at some of this stuff, and and Yahweh, like the whole the the idea, of course, is to not like isn't it isn't it written in a way or that it's pronounced in a way that you're actually not supposed to pronounce it right? Like the isn't that true? Like the Israelites would never actually say the name yeah. um, Yahweh right because it was so holy and not to be kind of uttered out loud. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting. I. I mean, the question, I've never looked into it, but like why we don't continue to do that, I actually, right. I don't know. Um, we got a lot of songs with uh, with repeating that word over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yahweh, Yahweh, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> totally, Break, breaking the heart of, of, of so many people. <laughs> like, yeah. Why Why do you keep doing this? Yeah. Um, the uh, I was going to say, it's funny too, uh, I was thinking about like, um, you, you know that term, I remember like when I grew up in my in my home it was very much like you my parents were very very diligent about saying you do not take the Lord's name in vain which was a mm. obviously a good thing and important and so even watching movies we'd watch and they would have far more lenience for someone like say dropping an f-bomb or you know like that kind of stuff uh, but if they ever said like oh my god you know or whatever or or obviously saying Jesus Christ or something they, they would be like okay that's it like we're not that they'd always turn it off but it was that was we knew that was a far bigger deal and um, which is interesting, right? And I, and I, now I've sort of, I sort of wonder if in our culture, like you hear people saying, you hear that all the time, right? oh my God. And I actually hear Christians saying it too, oh my God. Um, and I, you know, I'm always, uh, part of me thinks that it's probably a small G God that you're using <laughs> when you say, oh my God, maybe I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. It's probably still not a great thing to do. But um, because you're, like you say, there's so many people that actually, we don't know necessarily what we're, who we're, um, whose name it is that we're using, right? When we say, like, flippantly, oh, my God. Um, obviously, I think when you're when you're using the word, like, Jesus Christ, or something, that feels a far more, to me, far more like, ah, oh, don't, like, that's that's really specific to who, you know, the God actually that we're talking about here. And anyways, yeah, I just thought that was sort of interesting, right? When people say, oh, my God, it's like, well, uh, are you talking about Yahweh? Or are you just saying that, you know, sort of a cultural thing that we, that many people say? Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a good question. I mean, I think, I think I, when we, I think we all react to it where we're going, well, why would you, at minimum, mm-hmm. I think a Christian should just practice wisdom, good wisdom and totally just yeah. take it out of your vocabulary. Cause it doesn't, it's not, is that helpful? You know, like, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, no. Or even just spell it like G A W D, right. Where it's a bit more of like, <laughs> like just joking. <laughs> spell it <laughs> every time you use out. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, uh, yeah. Very cool. Okay. The second thing I wanted to talk about um, was just, 
the skepticism we sometimes have in the demonic. So during the sermon, I talked about kind of this clash of powers, right? Yahweh against the gods of Egypt. And, you know, I talked about the thief that's come to steal, kill, and destroy that Jesus talks about. And, you know, there might be some who were mm-hmm. listening and they're like, oh, I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to the demonic or dark powers. And, and, and that's, that's, first of all, I just want to say, give yourself a break because you are literally swimming in a secular world. Like that's just mm-hmm. not something that any of us um, grew up thinking, oh, that's normal. Unless you grew up in a Christian, you know, worldview or, maybe in a different faith. Um, but if you didn't grow up with religion or with faith or with Jesus, um, the idea that there's the demonic, yeah, it's probably just the world that we've been swimming in. And so, um, I guess I wanted to just offer a couple of thoughts and they're kind of two questions. Again, this is not proving that there are dark powers in the world, but these are a couple of thoughts inspired by Tim Keller from Redeemer church. Um, he's now retired, but he was a pastor, uh, in, in New York. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so a couple of questions I would ask are, are we too simplistic and are we culturally narrow? Mm. And so the first, the first question, uh, are we too sim- being too simplistic Here's what I mean. I mean, when you look at the problems in the world, can they all be explained uh, simply through reason, like intellect? Like if we could just think a little bit better or be more educated, could we solve wars? And uh, would we be able to stop people from doing uh, bad things if we just a little more, bit more education, if we could do a bit better training or whatever? And I would say that that's kind of the way we, that's the way we think, right? Like reason, intellect will solve things. And there's no such thing as like a spiritual realm or, or whatever. But I would like to, for us to look at um, the 20th century and say, okay, you could argue that that was one of the most educated centuries. Um, some of the most sophisticated at the time, European, North American nations. And these nations developed things like eugenics or mm-hmm. the final solution or the Holocaust. Um Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, so the more educated we get, the more we're able to be sophisticated with our evil. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people, even if you didn't grow up with a religious viewpoint at all, but would call these things evil, right? Like the mm. Holocaust, like that was evil. Now that's a moral category. Why would you use evil? Um, why, would you, why would you call something demonic? Um, but we feel that, right? Like there's something dark there. That's not just, um, you know, this, this really was Europeans using the best that the best that they knew of in, in science, um, to bring about their answer for the world. Like we needed a, a super race of people mm. that's better for the world. And yet we would all look at that and go, that's way too simplistic. Like just to think that we're, uh, if we could just, if we could just educate Hitler a little bit, or if we could just educate the Nazis a little bit here or Hmm. whatever. And then what happened uh, for me as an American kid growing up thinking that the, the, the bombs dropped in, in Japan were like, you know, justified. And and the more you look at it and you go, we burned women and children alive, literally Hmm. burned them alive. Hmm. And and, you know, people made arguments. Oh, the war in the Pacific would have lasted longer. I have a great uncle that died in a submarine off the coast of Tokyo. And so I grew up in that world. And, and I was told as a kid, like, well, it was justified, right? The war would have continued. How many lives lost? And, and I get it. It's hard. It's tricky. And yet, our, the best of our scientists created the atom bomb. 
and dropped it and burned women and children alive. And I'm like, you know what? There is something dark about that. And uh, the more educated, again, the more educated, the more we're able to be sophisticated with our evil. And so even, even in our best and our brightest minds, there's something that is just not right. And I would say, I, I trust Jesus. I think Jesus is the smartest person who has ever lived. And he knows something very true about the world. And he says, there's a thief and the thief, the job description is to steal, kill and destroy. And so I wonder, first of all, the first question is, are we being too simplistic uh, when it comes mm. to the root of evil? I think we've got to wrestle with that. And then secondly, I would say, are we being, I would ask, are we being culturally narrow? Mm. Um, and what I mean is that we're, we're, we're wearing a set of goggles and, um, and, you know, we're seeing the world through, through, through a certain lens and Asians, Africans, Latin Americans, um, mostly have believed in some form of the demonic. Most religions have dealt with the demonic, tribal religions. Uh, throughout thousands of years, most cultures have built their worldviews around grappling uh, with the demonic. And I wonder if we're being culturally narrow when we think that we can't learn from other cultures who, who may be seeing the world in a way uh, in which we've ignored, right? Maybe they're mm. seeing things in a proper way and I like to kind of use the term chronological snobbery. It's not maybe the best term, but, um, you know, the idea is like I lived because I live today and we have the iPhone um, and Netflix that I know better than most cultures and people who've ever lived. Mm. Um, and I, I just didn't I would encourage uh, the skeptic to maybe doubt their doubts. Maybe that's not the right way to say that, but just to be skeptical and open to the fact that we all wear a set of lenses through which we view the world. And we just happen to be born at a time where we've got these skeptical lenses that have been handed to us. Uh, sorry, these, uh, you know, secular lenses that have been handed mm -hmm. to us. And that's how we're seeing the world. And maybe we just need to pause and go, okay, wait, is there some cultural chronological snobbery? Is there, am I being culturally narrow? Maybe I could learn from the rest of the world in most other times and say, yeah, there might be something. Maybe Jesus is onto something when he talks about a thief. So are we being too simplistic? Are we culturally narrow? Yeah, totally. That's great. Like I, I um, uh, that makes me think, it's funny because I feel like so much of maybe our skepticism as, as often as the case, like it's reaction to, you know, some funny situation we found ourselves in or teachings that we might've grown up under. And, and so we, we tend to, you know, the pendulum kind of swings way too far often, right? And the baby with the bathwater kind of idea. Which is uh, what a horrible. Uh, That's terrible, <laughs> Corey. Throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Did anyone actually throw the baby out with the bathwater? I hope Anyways, not. I, I hope, hope that not was not too. grounded in history or something. <laughs> I know exactly. Someone's gonna. Yeah, we're gonna get an email. Um, yeah, that's right. No, I feel it's funny because um, uh, like. I, like, you know, there's definitely, you, you feel like uh, there's, sometimes you get, you know, sort of more fanatics, right? Where people are like, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, we, I remember, <laughs> I remember in uh, Bible college, I won't say this person's name, just on the off chance that they're listening to this podcast, but I'm sure they're not. Anyways, I remember we had a friend who was very, he was very much in the camp where it was like, everything, everything is demonic or everything. There's always like, you know, there's a spiritual, you know, and to the, maybe the right. far extreme. And he, and I remember him coming and saying like, like, you know, so uh, I'll call his girlfriend Bev. We'll say that wasn't her name. But he's like, you know, last night uh, Bev and I were attacked, and we're like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, no, we were attacked by like uh, by by demons or whatever. And we're like, oh, like what happened? He's like, well, we were getting along great, and then like all of a sudden she just started getting annoyed with me, 
like for no reason. She did, and I, I'm questioning. I'm like, why are you annoyed? And she couldn't really figure out why she was annoyed. And suddenly we're like, you know what? We're being attacked right now. And, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to. How do I put this? Uh, maybe right. you're just annoying. <laughs> Anyways, so that was just me. Uh, did you say that? Did you say that to me? But no, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there was like three or four of us that we were all looking at each other, and be like, I don't know if we've been attacked. <laughs> Anyways, but on the other hand, sorry, and I I don't want to talk too much, but on the other hand, I know that I've had experiences for sure where there is that sense of like, oh my goodness, like there is something dark here, right? Like whether it's like uh, just a situation or you just getting a sense of something not right. Uh, not necessarily physically in front of you, but there's a t- uh, this tangible sense of of evil, and uh, yeah, I just I, it's it's an interest. It's one of those things where you, you, yeah, maybe that's the problem is that there's not there's often not like a real tangible sense of you know you don't have these these things that can prove you know here's here's what happened. You know, I, I love the the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. I remember that was reading that was really inspiring, right? And and you're like, oh, is this is this how Satan works? Like it where he would be he would those of you who don't know screw tape letters it's it's this book from a what a senior demon to his younger nephew demon or something right like a junior demon and basically giving him advice on how to how to continue to do his work on this client that he's been assigned this human being and and i just remember reading it's like it's it's an incredible c.s lewis he's so such a brilliant guy but there's just so many moments in that where you're like oh my goodness like yeah. I totally can relate to this temptation that he's putting in front of this, you know, this is, it's like witty, it's funny. And it's also very, it feels quite, um, yeah, quite sobering. Cause you're like, yeah, I recognize this kind of temptation. Or I recognize being led astray in this way. And anyways, have you, you've, you've probably read Screwtape Letters, eh? Yeah. You know, I've never read it cover to cover, but actually I, I wanted to share, you know, the most famous quote from, mm. uh, Screwtape Letters where there are, there, there are some who have an unhealthy, over interest in the demonic and which is not right. good. It kind of takes our focus away from God and, and, and all that God accomplished for us at the cross. But he says, uh, when talking about the demonic, he, he says this, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty smart. So, so smart. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so if you are feeling skeptical, uh, give yourself a bit of a break because this is the world you've grown up in. But also, mm-hmm. I think uh, trusting Jesus, there's there's something going on out there. Um, and I think that's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful clash, right? Yahweh against the gods of Egypt. Um, mm-hmm. It's powerful in the, in the passage we're in. Um, I did want to say something really quick about the pillar of cloud and fire. Um, so you may have a question about that. Maybe not. But like, what is the deal with the pillar of cloud and fire? There aren't two pillars, just FYI. That is the same pillar, um, fire at night and pillar of cloud by day. And this is... This is a way for the people of Israel to see God without actually seeing God. You're not really allowed to see God. Um, No one has ever seen God, right? Um, But yet this is a kind of physical way for the people of Israel to follow him and to to follow him in the desert, to look at him. So the pillar cloud is like, um, is a manifestation of Yahweh himself. Mm. Um, It's not just like a tool that he sends them to guide them. This is... This is supposed to be like him. And then there's like a moment where there's there's talk of like the angel of God and the cloud. Um, and those sometimes people see those as two different things. Some translations make them seem like they're different. Um, but actually Douglas Stewart, um, he taught at Gordon-Conwell. And anyway, he's I really appreciate 
his his work on Exodus. But he says, um, it should be better translated like this. Then the angel of God who was traveling in front of Israel's army moved and went behind them. So the pillar of cloud moved from in front and stood behind them. In other words, the angel of God and the pillar are the same thing. God's Mm, manifestation of himself is the visible presence to the Israelites. Anyway, I just love it that God did that. Like, it's like, this is a way for you to see me without actually seeing me. And, uh, and this is how you can follow me. So anyway, not to, there's not an angel and a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. This is all, this is God himself. It's all one and he's leading and protecting and, and, uh, it's just pretty beautiful. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's a, that's great insight. Um, the, the other quick thing, this is a really quick one, but the Egyptians are actually the best theologians in this, in the, in the, this is something I wanted to bring up, but they're like the best theologians in the story. Uh, verse 25 says, and the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. And it's so interesting because first of all, they get it. They're like, they get the right perspective. They're like, like the Lord is fighting on behalf of the Israelites. So they're, they're totally correct theologically. Hmm. And they use the word Yahweh. They, they use the Lord, right? So they know right. something about his character. I mean, presumably all these people, all these Egyptian soldiers had seen the plagues of Egypt or they, they I mean, we're assuming they experienced the plagues of Egypt and they would have seen the confrontation between Yahweh um, and their gods, their Egyptian gods. And they're going, so they use the right term for God, Yahweh, is fighting for them. And so it's just great how in the story, the Egyptians are like nailing it theologically. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah. So anyway, it's just, (laughs) this is for a podcast, right? It's just something interesting. It uh, is interesting. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Um, So I I wanted to kind of end with just a thought and it's a longer one. And, and um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Corey, but I would just, I think, in light of what we looked at in Exodus 14 is just this encouragement to examine ourselves. Where are the places where we're wanting to go back into slavery in Egypt, quote unquote? Um, Where are we submitting to slave masters again? Maybe some old slave masters in our soul that we once um, submitted our lives to. And those are seeming maybe during the pandemic, they're seeing Mm. more appealing now. And, um, it's interesting when we examine ourselves, Lewis says this, he says, for the first time I examined myself with a seriously practical purpose. And there I found what appalled me, a zoo of lusts, a bedlam of ambitions, a nursery of fears, a harem of fondled hatreds. My name was Legion. And he's getting at the story in the New Testament where Jesus um, sets free this man who had, you know, a legion of, of demons inside of him. And, and Lewis says, man, when I look at my own life, I'm just like, I'm not that much different. I I actually Mm. slow down. I examine my heart and I see all kinds of stuff. You know, I was just talking to a friend the other day on the phone and he's a friend who lives in North Vancouver. And, you know, I was talking about something and I randomly threw out this like prideful sentence. And I, and I, and I, I remember the next day I just woke up and I was like, Oh my goodness. When I really examine Matthew's heart, there's this, there's this, like, I can see this pride in me. And so, you know, I called and I apologized. He was gracious enough to say he didn't really notice it, but, but I feel like the spirit was just like showing it to me. Like Matthew, when you really slow down and examine yourself, like where are the places in which you're, you want to go back into slavery? Um, mm. 
And the image I have is that of like worm tongue from the Lord of the Rings, right? He just kind of leans into the king's ear and he's speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's speaking lies. He's speaking deceit. And slowly the king, King Theoden, just becomes like a shadow of of the king he once was. And and I'm like, totally. It's slow. Like like the enemy of our soul just slowly speaks lies and we then Mm. hear those lies and and I think it's important for us to practice that discipline of slowing down, examining our heart, um, and 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 knowing, like, listen, like, <laughs> Jesus is a mighty deliverer. He calmed the sea, the chaos, like the same way Moses lifts up his arms and the seas, like Jesus lifted up his hands and the seas were calm. Um, and so Jesus has the authority, you know, over over the lies of the enemy. But we sometimes don't know what's going on until we slow down and examine ourselves. Yeah, no, totally. That's so good. And I, it's funny, I feel like, and again, this is maybe classic Corey in some ways in our conversations, Matthew, but I feel like it's like there's this balance to be had between, like I I do meet and I talk with people that have this, just this, it feels like this consistent shame, um, you know, in terms of just like, oh, I'm just a train wreck, you know, kind of like what C.S. Lewis says. um, And it's like, and I'm like, yeah, it, you know, for sure, our motives are just broken, right? So often, and we do give into the gravity, and there's and there's so much of that. And then, but again, it's like, but don't. It's not that you're. <laughs> it's just that there's so much. There's so much more for you. So instead of it's like recognize, and even kind of hearing your story, it's like, yeah, it's like you recognize these things, and then I think the answer is the humility to be like, okay, thank you, Lord, for showing that to me. I need to confess this. I need to. I need to be honest about this and apologize and move on. In fact, I was having a, a conversation with someone close to me recently. Who was just saying like, "Oh, I'm just like, this is who I am," you know. And I'm like, and I'm just like, no, no, it's not. It's not. I know that it's not because I know you. And and the difference between you and what you're describing is that you have humility. And yes, you screw up like we all do. And but man, but you apologize. And I, it's this the character of this one person who who is like who just constantly will be like, "Hey, I screwed that up." I need to apologize, and I'm sorry. And I'm like, that makes all the difference in the world, actually, I totally. think. right? That, to me, is the ingredient that that changes everything. And so anyways, yeah, I just, I always feel like don't, even though it's like, yes, we're train wrecks <laughs> in so many ways, we're also made in God's image, as I know I always come back to. It's like, so don't, if you're out there and you're feeling like, yep, no, it's so true, I'm just, I'm a loser, I can't get things to get, you know, it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what your name is, actually. Right, like, no, that's yeah. a, it's really good that you bring that up, because I think then the enemy would want, to use a time of examination for us or slowing down and going, Lord, expose the sin. But then the word of condemnation is what the enemy does, right? So then, right. so here you're trying to do something important with your relationship with God, like, Lord, sh- reveal to me the things. And I feel like what I've grown to, to learn is that God is gentle and he exposes those things, mm-hmm. but it never comes with a yeah. condemning word. It's never like... You are just a worthless, prideful person, Matthew. Right, it's always right. just like, Matthew, just yesterday, remember that pride? You know, not that I hear God's voice saying this, but this is how mm-hmm. it feels. It's like, just, I'm bringing this to mind. Did you see that? You don't want that to keep shaping you. So apologize right. quickly. <laughs> so I, you know, I apologize to my buddy and then he's just like, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, good. Lord, I'm sorry about that. I don't want to be that kind of, but I never hear from the father. You are a worthless, prideful worm right you know like it's it's different it's like one is just like i'm highlighting this this is not good (laughs) but it's Mm -hmm. not it's not identity it's not you are worthless it's just like yeah hey this this doesn't belong between us here like this is a Mm. this little piece of pride here nope not good between you and me and so it needs to go 
Yeah. Totally. And yeah, and this is going to, I have so much more for you, right? Like, it's like, this is going to hold you back. And I love that. That's a great way of maybe discerning, right? Like even for people to say, okay, maybe this is a way of discerning God's voice as opposed to the voice of our enemy, which we were just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, God's saying, hey, there's more for you. Leave that behind. Do the right thing. Let's let's keep going forward. As opposed to, you are a liar. You know, you that's are right. a, you're a, you know, whatever, you're a, an addict. You're a, you know, that's really good. No, yeah, I like right. that. Hey, and, and two two final things. One's more serious and one's kind of fun. Well, whatever. Maybe both are kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, if someone wants some like homework or just further thoughts, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to explore something um, that would make a real practical difference in my walk with Jesus. Um, notice that God through Moses says, do not be afraid, stand firm, be still. Well, stand firm. Mm. It's cool. Paul picks up this language in, in Ephesians 6 where he talks about spiritual warfare. And um, I would have loved yesterday to have more time in the sermon. Uh, maybe a certain worship leader could cut a song so I could get five more minutes. <laughs> oh, <my> um, <laughs> serious? Uh, yeah, that'll be another podcast episode, Matthew. Let's talk about sermon length. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's it's an, an ongoing, ongoing yeah. conversation. Yeah. Okay, anyway. That's right. <clears throat> We should yeah. have a vote. Hmm. We should get tallies. We should be like, do oh, you want word. more no. music or more sermon? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Who would win? Who would That's win, That's a good Corey? question. I think, I think we both know who would win. That's <laughs> joking. That's terrible. Uh, it's like, well, who? Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't know. Hmm. Someone put up a doodle poll. Figure it out. Um, <laughs> That's right. Anyway. Uh, So stand firm. Sorry, back to my point. Stand firm. Paul picks up on this in Ephesians 6, and he's saying, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith uh, with which you can extinguish the flames of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So it's just this picture of like, how do I stand firm? Like, how do I actually practically stand firm? Well, Paul gives us these images of the of the of the armor of God, and mm. you know it'd be fun to kind of spend some time this week. Um, if you got some free time, just spending some time going, okay, this is how I stand firm. This is how I fight my battles, um, mm. and uh, and I put on the armor of God. And I would have, yeah. Anyway, love some more time to delve into that. But if you want to yeah. be prepared for the schemes of the enemy, um, you put on His armor. This is Yahweh's armor, um, uh, and yeah. Anyway, I like so that. that's, that's that. really good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, on a lighter note, I just want to say there's a really fun thing Tanya and I've been doing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's a, if you look up, if someone wants to Google the Way Nation song battles. So oh, the, yeah. the Way Na- Way Nation is like a Christian radio so program like a one, or something. What, two words? Something the like way. that. Uh, no, I think it's just Way Nation. Okay, Way Nation. Or okay. the Way Nation. Oh, whatever. So just... If you just go on YouTube and put Way Nation, yeah. um, and then you look up song battles, there's like yeah. all these different uh, YouTube videos of song battles, and they're the best. They're like 80s songs. They're like youth group Christian songs. They're yeah. like Disney songs. There's like um, uh, 90s Christian music or 2000s Christian music. So if any of you are like fans of like Christian music through the decades or worship music, um, they've get, they have all these guest artists. So like Toby Max on there, Michael W. Smith's on there, Chris Tomlin's hmm. on there and they all do song battles. It's like the first to be able to like, uh, answer the question, what song is this? So they only play like the intro of a song and, uh, Tanya and oh, I have cool. like actually done it. We're like, we're, we're like shouting out, like, did you feel the mountains tremble? 
<laughs> Delirious. <laughs> White Heart. That's right. Desert Rose. Desert Rose. Yeah. That's right. Say, White, yeah, White Heart. Yeah, yeah. Or open the White eyes heart. of my yeah. heart. Right. Um, so yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's just a lot of fun. If anyone wants Way to. Way Nation kinda... song battles. That's, Way Nation I love song it. battles. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that today. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I will check it out. Uh, okay, we are, yep, we're in, you know, we're getting, uh, we're moving on here, so we'll end this off, but uh, North Langley Community Church, we love you. Yes. Um, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll do this again next, uh, I think we'll do this again next Monday, right, Matthew? Yes. Uh, okay, thanks, you guys. We love you. Stay safe. God bless you. Uh, we'll see you uh, Wednesday night or Sunday, whatever. Take care.